<laughs> inappropriate is your middle name. Call inappropriate Robinson. <laughs> oh my god, that won't fit on a t shirt. All right, so welcome to the hive. This is Brian Wright with finally uh, the co host Carl Baby K Roberson, who playing with his phone here. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> How y'all doing? So, Carl, what's going on? Nothing, man. Just got done, you know, teaching a good class and uh, looking to enjoy the rest of the night. So, we just got done with uh, interesting little activity. You made your UFC debut. How long ago is it now? It feels like... F- it's about, a, it's about a month. I think it's about a month out now. Does it feel like a month? It feels like a little longer. I don't like know. It feels like... Probably couldn't want to get another fight. And yeah. It's like taking forever, so... I know. It's every day waiting for that phone call, and it's not coming, so... Yeah, it feels like... You know forever. how hard it is seeing other people get matched up? And I'm like, who are these fuckers? I know. It's Darren Stewart. How how do you beat him and he gets a fight already? Higher in the card than I did, which is disrespectful. But we're not going to speak on that right now. Well, he did lose, so I don't know if it's really disrespectful. Who knows? They might have been setting him up. I don't know. I don't care. It's the end of his contract. They're working him out. UFC's got a pretty big roster right now. I think they're trying to figure out what they want to do. But uh, what are we looking at? We're looking at possibility of... North Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Texas. Yeah, so they have cards in Texas, in Austin, and Dallas. So we'll see, but I think we'll get a call soon. Definitely January, February, you'll get back in there. Can't wait. How do you feel about you know how you feeling after that fight? I mean, that was it was a quick fight. It, there wasn't you didn't take any damage at all. I don't think you know, the one thing people don't realize a lot of times is. You take damage, delivering damage too. This one, I think, uh, I don't didn't really have anything going nah, on. No, I got more damage from camp than I did from, yeah. uh, from the fight. Yeah, that's true. I mean, going into that fight, uh, talk about. Let's talk about a, a little bit. Let's go back a step because not everybody knows who you are, knows what's going on. So you had a had a tough run where you tore your bicep in half. And you were fighting glory, and then you're sitting on the sideline. How long were you out? It was like nine months, right? Yeah, almost nine months to a year. It was it was a long, long year, truthfully. So when you come off of something like that, you're out for nine months. After you know, you had a you had a pretty meteoric rise coming out of amateur, out of nowhere in kickboxing, and then you know we got the call. We talked about it a bunch of times. We'll do that story another time. But you know, hop on a plane, you go to France, you fight Jerome LeBanner, you get a name for yourself, you get a glory contract, you go to Chicago, you fought what's his name? Uh, Dustin Jacoby. Dustin Jacoby, who's got you know how many fights over, did he have? Over fifty wins. Not even over fight. He had over fifty fights. Yeah, that's crazy. He had over fifty wins, yeah. and that was your second professional kickboxing bout yeah my fifth kickboxing bout my second professional yeah and so you got to go and you got to face that and you had a good fight with him but you win some you lose some shit yeah shit happens and then we go to LA and you fight Mike LaMare who again has a ton of fights I mean what does he have like 70 fights something crazy like that something stupid and then the bicep tear and then you're sitting you're sitting there, so you have losses which have never happened to you before. You, you lost some fights, and then you got injured. And all the people that were constantly blowing up the phone, they stopped yeah. calling. Yeah, that's what happens. On and the downfall, you see who your true peoples are. And uh, I've seen that. That's why I'm the way I am now. But And then you come back, and so... Now, let's talk about the experience between the 
the the losses and then the comeback. Yeah. Like nine months fucking sucked. That's yeah. when everything in your life is questionable because you can't do what you love. You don't know if you're going to be able to do what you love again. And everybody's in the background like, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should give up fighting this, this, and that. So all the, when, it, when they say, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> so <laughs> the negativity went from like zero to 100 and stayed at 100 for about eight and a half months. It's really crazy, too, because when combat sports is your chosen profession, I don't care if you're on the coaching side or on the fighting side, the one thing I find is that the average person, which, I mean, I used to joke with someone before, we used to call them the civilians. The civilian population doesn't really <laughs> understand what it is that we do or why we do it. They have misconceptions about who we are, what we do. Um, they just, they're, they're just missing the substance of what it is we do. And... Uh, when it's good, they're like, "Oh, nice." When it's and when good, it's, it's great, but when it's when bad, it's bad, it's, it's horrible. really horrible. Yeah. And a lot of people that that were semi in your corner during success are really against you when you're down. Exactly. And so when you're sitting there, and your bicep tear was not like a normal. When people think of bicep tears, the tendon comes off the bone, the bicep rolls up, and then yeah. you know you can get it stapled back together. Yeah. But no, you don't have to do normal. Yeah. So you have to tear it in the middle completely in half <laughs> then you have to get your arm cut open and then they basically put wires in there and then string it back together like shoelaces on a sneaker and then basically tie your arm to your chest for like six months yeah. and then maybe one day a week take you in therapy and make you pretty yeah. much cry make you notice how much that you needed that bicep <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't rotate your hand back and forth can't close your hand strongly can't lift your arm that, that sucks and the whole time they're telling you you're probably going to come back at about 80%. Yeah. And you're probably going to do the other one as well. Yeah. So it's nothing but just amazing good news. Yeah. It's like just, just great news. Icing on top of the cake. Christmas with some, with some every awesome day. Candles, you know, some sparklers oh and everything. Just throw everything on the cake. So when you got the all clear to train, that had to be like a relief because of all that pent up whatever but it also had to be scary at the same time definitely first of all the all clear to train happened after i already started training because so, <laughs> fighters we don't listen i'm just say right now but when i got the all good to go it was it was like a weight off the shoulders now i can pretty much show everybody who was super negative towards me while i was down the comeback is going to be real how scared were you that your arm was not going to be 100 percent or get hurt again uh Truthfully, wasn't scared after a while. After nine months, it'd be like, oh shit, yeah. after this like balls to the wall. Like now we realize like this like can actually be taken from you. You kind of stop caring. Like, listen, if it happens, it happens, but I'm gonna ride this wave as far and as hard as I can. How long before I don't remember timelines. You might not either, but how long between coming back and then getting your first fight back? Uh four months after I came back. Which is pretty remarkable, too, yeah. considering that much time off, yeah. not doing anything because you can't get your heart rate up. You can't do anything. Can't do so anything. we literally went from basically a year of nothing to four months you're back in. Yeah. Now, I remember that back in. <laughs> that back in was interesting. Like, that was, that was like, we unleashed you. But which one? Which that was one Maryland. Was that? that was Baltimore. That was, Bra oh, that was yeah. Shogun fights. Yeah, that was bad. That was very stressful he going into it. He didn't know what he was getting into. 
I don't think any of us knew we were getting into on that one because that was like oh, that was just a shit show too. That was like one of the horriblest weight cuts I've had. Yeah, that was a bad weight cut. That was a bad everything. Yeah, well, good fight though. Because I think it was so bad because there was just so many unanswered questions. It was like this weird space where we. I'm like, I don't know where you're at. You don't know where you're at. Like we. I can't. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna change that. I I always un- I know what you've got, but you we almost forgot about what you had because it had been so long. Yeah, and so it was kind of like we needed that experience to remind us yeah. of what the fuck it is we're meant to be doing. And that was it because we beat the dog shit out that dude. That was the most relieved I've been ever. It was like I it, it was you beat him and it was like, oh god. You know it's crazy. That's the most back. punches I've ever thrown in a fight. I know, especially MMA fight. Did he hit you? Yeah, he kicked me. And that's that's when he realized he, he was didn't gonna, punch you though. Nah, no. He kicked me. And that's when he realized something was off. Yeah, that's definitely the most punches you've ever landed in a fight. Yeah. And how long did that go? I mean, that I, it was First like round. two minutes something. Yeah, two minutes, thirty seconds something. That something was crazy. Crazy. And then coming off that, the high off that, that was pretty yeah. amazing. You just rolled that wave. What was that? What was the murder day? The day the murder day was before that. Because remember, you came back and we couldn't even get you a fight because nobody wanted to fight you. Yeah, so we had to start talking crap to get people mad. And also, it, it didn't help that people showed up on murder day that Saturday and <laughs> freaking knocked out yeah, everybody. Yeah, that didn't room. help either. That didn't help anything. That's what happens when you come back from not being able to do something you're extremely angry. <laughs> Everybody's a target. <laughs> like the biggest challenge of your career to date, and it was funny because it happened in amateur... Uh, amateur that like you really were an unknown nobody knew what to do nobody cared I mean getting an amateur fight for you wasn't a big deal because the talent pool was so much larger there but yeah. then when you went pro and it's a smaller community and everybody kind of knows who you are to see a guy who has pretty much no fights taking on guys that have a lot of fights and dispatching them in a round or so you know nobody wanted to fight you not at all and, and everybody, I think the issue was is that we've never fought anybody with a losing record no Everybody Never. we fought had, a, had a, a big deficit in like well, difference between the winning and losing records. And the one thing people don't get about us in particular is, what's the point of fighting a guy with a losing record? Exactly. We don't pad records. Exactly. So you may be, what, you're, you're 6-0 now. 6-0 now. So 6-0, one, one of those fights being your UFC debut, yeah. fighting guys way more experienced than you in every step of the way, beating five out of six of them in the first round, and the thing is, like, those six fights, to me, are worth double, triple the count when you look at guys that are fighting bums and taking on Exactly. Pattern the records, fights. trying to look good, trying to do it for the glory, I guess. So for me, when I, you know, for a guy that's coming up that's thinking, how am I supposed to do this? You can go the route of actually fighting and beating. Are you messing with the microphone there? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I wasn't comfortable with what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> So, you know, you can take the route of padding your record and getting a false sense of confidence, or you can take on the really hard challenges, and you can get the exposure, and in, you know, five fights, you can get a call to the UFC. You can be one of, I, somebody told us the number, I think like it was on six. Yeah, like it was that. like six or seven people have gotten into the UFC under 10 fights, and to do that and then to be successful in that transition, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, for me, it says... You've got to you've got to be prepared all the time to answer that phone call, man. That's been our career the whole time. Pretty much, anytime, anywhere. That's that's what we live by. Yeah. Effort. That's 
that's it's been working, so no reason to change it. Yeah, I mean, we're literally two weeks out all the time. Anytime. Like, if you got a call right now, we're you had to go. You're good. Yeah, you won't have to fight. I don't say no. Why would I say no? And I mean, that's that's the attitude that's gotten you where you are. I that's, think the, that's the attitude I think all fighters should have. Granted, the champion, because he, he doesn't have to do it. You're coming after him. He doesn't have to go to you. But if you're a contender and you're looking to get up the ranks, there's no reason for you to be saying no to fight because you want yeah. to take the risks. That's something I've been thinking about because one thing I see is you see a lot of guys, especially now, there's just so much information available out there for people to watch. You get a lot of these guys. Hey, hey we have our own young guys here that we have yeah. issues with at times that they get a little ahead of themselves. The YouTubers. So you sit on YouTube and you watch Conor McGregor and then you try and be him, but you're trying to be him Many years into his career, trying to take, trying to jump. Let's say, let's do it. You're trying to run without taking the baby steps first, without crawling. I mean, jumping the line is one thing. We understand that you've jumped the line, but you did the work to be able to enter the call that allowed you to jump the line. Exactly. You can't jump the line without doing the work first. Not at all, because you'll be exposed. You'll be exposed. They want to see all the flashiness and not notice that these guys have extremely good technical work. That's yeah. They work more technical than the flashy stuff. That's why the flashy stuff works. They got years of base. You know, yeah, they built up build, a foundation. They built it up from the ground up, and most people don't understand that. Yeah, so, you know, when you're coming in, you're like, when can I fight? Rushing to get into that ringer cage drives me nuts because you're missing the opportunity to give yourself a foundation to be successful off of it. You know, you, you have to learn the basics. You're not, you're not going to learn a spin kick on day one. No, if that's what you want to learn, spin kick on day one, then you're going to have a hard, hard, hard career. Or train up, or go somewhere else where the coach is going to let you do whatever you want because yeah. he's just riding your natural ability instead of giving you the abilities you need. <laughs> you know how I feel about that one. Yeah, that's that's another subject. Yeah, you know, it's just again, I think for us, I mean, you help me coach too, and I think you have to be the coach that somebody needs, not necessarily the cheerleader that they want. Yeah, and that that's the hardest part because. I think, too, with this is as much of a head game as this sport can be, too, because you do have to have the confidence, and you can't mentally just beat somebody down. You do have to build them up, but, you know, there's a quote by Walt Disney, sometimes people need a, a smack in the mouth as much as they need a pat on the back. So I think you got to know the right time to do that. So there's some days you got to pat them on the back and say, good job, and then some days you got to kind of kick them in the leg or crack them in the head and yeah. give them a little bit of a that real That brings you back or, to reality. Yeah. And as long as you're in reality, you can always push forward. Once you start getting too much in the dreams and you start getting lost in the sauce, the next thing you know, you get knocked out. And that getting knocked out from that place hurts so much yeah, more. Yeah, because that bruises your ego. That's so that hard to come back from. Yeah, that, a lot of fighters, like a lot of champions get get broke like that. Because they, they, they start to believe yeah, in something believe that's not that there. untouchable and yep. get touched. And the, fight, the, the champions and fighters who are willing to die out there because they know it's possible, succeed the most. The guys who think that they're superheroes and can't be hurt, they get embarrassed. Yeah, because when the reality comes that you can be hurt because yeah. you're fucking human. Yeah, like, oh, this three-piece mm-hmm. in the biscuit is hard. I don't <laughs> like this. <laughs> and, you know, and, and for guys that are not in the big show, I mean, fuck, think about it. Like, you go to the UFC and you fucking lose like that. You talk a bunch of shit and then you go out there and, like, you can't pull the trigger and somebody else pulls it on you. You got millions of people worldwide. I honestly, that I mean, there you just got to take the assault on social media. But the hard one is when you're on the local circuit and you're telling all your boys, so you see every day how good you are, 
then you go out and you go down to like Atlantic City or you go to Philly or whatever and then you get exposed that's embarrassing and you gotta go home cause you know they're not they're not gonna be nice about it no cause you know losing the UFC you can make a lot of excuses people can be like you know they could talk shit you'd be like hey man I was in the UFC. That's different. But when so you're, I lost to the top competition. That's, yeah. that's usually the excuse. This is the top that happens. But when you do it in like local, yokel, whatever, regional, this or that. Yeah, it's definitely mm, harder. It definitely, definitely hits your ego hard. But again, some of the best fighters lost in the local circuit and came back better. So don't knock yourself if you lose. I don't think you should knock yourself if you should lose. I just don't think you should set yourself up for the weight of failure being too great because you ran your mouth like I think I don't think you know who you are until you actually test yourself you may think you're something but until you actually go out and do it you don't really know so shut the fuck up and go do it before you start running your mouth that you are like some of these guys like blows my mind they're running their Instagram accounts like they're fucking famous I'm like you're world famous in fucking Ocean Township like calm down (laughs) (laughs) 40,000 followers are all from Ocean yeah It's it's a good following you know, oh, I need sponsors. I need this. I need that. I'm like, calm down. You need to train. You need to win fights. <laughs> like you earn sponsors. That's why I keep. That's why I tell everybody who asks me, you earn them. Like you can't just go out there because you got followed. Because people actually look into you. Like, oh wait, I don't have my name with him. If he gets embarrassed. So, and, the, yeah. and 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 the, and the part on that one is, if you're nobody and you're talking about sponsors, what value do you bring a sponsor? You burn people with money. You're not going to get more money out of them. Not at all. Not at all. You, that's, that'll fuck up a whole relationship. Money <laughs> burns bridges quick. And these people know each other, too. Yeah. It's not like you burn one guy. It's like there's other guys. Of yeah. course, there's going to be other people. But if you get a bad reputation for abusing people's money, yeah. man, you're you're not going to get any more. Not at all. It's going to be so much harder to get sponsored, get people to actually support you in that, in that direction. I, I For me, it's all the concept of mutually beneficial trades man like you shouldn't get involved with somebody on any level unless you're going to have the ability to give them something and they're going to be able to give you something in return exactly you know that's why i think you've had people that have worked with you and continue to work with you and you know i we we have pretty good relationships around your career so far because we've always done the best we can yeah we don't really burn bridges we're pretty much straightforward as possible and uh if I say something, my word is my bond. So if I say it, it's going to happen. Yeah. And you've proven that to be true many a time. So let me ask you a question about what you see going on in the landscape right now. Um, so I know we're looking at like January, February, you want to get back in there. Do you have anybody in mind? Anybody uh, you're looking at? Truthfully, as of now, I don't care. I just want to fight somebody. I want to fight somebody good. If it's a guy with uh, zero losses, I'm down. Someone's old, got to go. <laughs> if it's someone with a couple losses, I'm down to put another mark on my uh, record in the win column. So just working hard and looking forward to a good fight. I got to ask you this one because I know I, you know how I feel about it. Kickboxer. How do you feel about being called that over and over and over again? Uh, maybe in the beginning of my career it was okay. <laughs> But I think I've showed enough that they know I'm a very diverse fighter. So if you think I'm gonna just come, I'll, uh, I'm going to throw a head kick at you. <laughs> so don't 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 think that's not gonna come, because that's what I throw. I like I like trying to take people's heads off. I got issues, and uh, don't think I can wrestle. Then you get dumped in your head. Like oh wait a minute. And don't think I got jujitsu. Oh wait, he can do that too. I've been training too hard and too long trying to catch up. Remember I only started this like five years ago seriously. So I'm trying to catch up to the lifetimes. So when you when 
people call you a kickboxer, but then they look at your record and it's like, okay, he's got three submissions. Exactly. I'm at the point where I think people just think that my record's padded and then <laughs> assume that the people I fought weren't good at certain things. Well, let's ask those guys that you submitted. Yeah. Let's ask them the first guy, what they thought about yeah. their jiu-jitsu going into the yeah. fight with you. Two of those guys are actually top-ranked jiu-jitsu guys were supposed to be. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm not the one to throw nobody's name on the bus, but you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? When it comes to MMA, you could be world-class at an individual thing, but how you put it together is what separates. And exactly. I think It's pretty much uh, who's more in control of their body and mind while they're in the moment. What do you think the most important aspect of your training is? Like, what's the thing that you think is, like, the glue that puts it all together? Mental fortitude. There you go. Mental, mental toughness is definitely the, the, the glue that keeps everything together. Because you can have the skills, you can have the cardio, but if your mind breaks, your body's going to give up. Now, coming from Neptune, we talked about this once before. Uh, people listening may have not heard this. <laughs> technical difficulties that we had <laughs> but you were telling me once before that you're only one of how many people coming out of Neptune that have really found like success in an athletic realm uh, three two football players and one uh, female track star over, over what period of time uh, that that's probably the last five years is between the five to six years is between the time of two football players track star and me otherwise there's, there's nobody that's actually not too bad in five six year period Dad. yeah that's because i guess this this generation just is the one that make it out because before that we didn't really have anything we didn't have anybody we had a lot of cops like people became cops that's always yeah. a good thing for a hometown kid to come back and you know try to support his neighborhood and make it better but otherwise to make someone see that it's possible to do bigger and better things if you just work hard we don't have that many people you, look up to was there a, a common thing amongst those other people you mentioned and yourself that you that you see or is this just something that was unique in the community for each one of you I mean is uh, there a person was it a, the school system is, what do you think it's the person themselves the okay. work ethic the ex, like the extra work they did like how hard they how bad they really wanted it like they seen the potential and they're willing to do the work to get to that potential like they realized nothing was going to be given to them I know you you, and you were telling me too you know uh, you you don't come from the best neighborhood you don't come from the best associations at different times in life uh, you were telling me that you had a, a particular event that kind of made you look at things and say you know what I really do have to do this different yeah I uh, had a couple of events but one that really hit me hard was when uh, two of my friends passed away doing activities I guess we're not going to go into detail but they passed away and uh, seeing something like that or getting a call like that especially for our friend is one of the hardest things that you can go through especially when y'all are all close knit and y'all been through a lot so losing someone like that there's two ways you can go you can go deeper into the situations that got them there in the first place or you can try to get out of it and then bring the people with you I chose to get out of it and have the support from certain people and pretty much try to make sure I don't get that call again. Yeah. That's that's definitely when you come in contact with mortality. Definitely. You're, it's you're, a life changer. It's an eye opener. You're either going to want to look to live or you're going to chase things that yeah. are going to, you know, in the end, kill you. Or you're trying to run away from the sorrow with drugs and other 
things that aren't. What good. like seriously though, you had that you had the choice. Yeah. What made you choose one direction over another? Because I've seen what drugs do to people and that's not my <laughs> my lane, truthfully. Okay. I can't can't get down with that. So I was I was growing I I was raised more the old school way. Yeah. You don't use it if you sell it. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh respect. Respect goes good. Respect and realizing stuff. Let stuff be what it is and when people pass away it is what it is. They die because of this and you adjust your life to it and you make moves to better you and who people you're around. When did you start thinking about life can be different? When did you start thinking that you weren't going to be doing the same cycle forever. When did you see like a uh, possibility for different for you and your daughter and whatever? Like, uh, when did you see opportunity? Uh, huh. that's a hard question. Is it like always kind of been there, and you I, were just kind of looking for the of, avenue, or what? I think of you, like your instincts are real. Like if you believe in instincts, you believe in like feeling something. Like you know that there's more possibilities. That's a real thing because. When I was in certain situations, or about to do certain situations, I'm like, okay, something feels off about this. I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Or I'm in other situations, okay, this feels right. As yeah. if the fight for the contender series. That yeah. You feel right, like, okay, this is in line. And then you can think, like, your imagination kind of works in the same regard. Like, when you start feeling negative vibes, like, I shouldn't be here, you have negative thoughts. Your imagination puts you somewhere that you <laughs> yeah, know you don't yeah, want to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't want that for my future, so I need to make a move to change that. And as you do that... Your surroundings change, your attitude changes, and more positive things come towards come towards you. You'd be surprised. What you think usually happens. With the work, did the work have an impact on your ability to think more positively? Yes, definitely. Like when you work at something, when you really put your your heart and soul in something, like I'm going to make something out of this. I got to. I'm going to. There's yeah. nothing. Nothing's gonna tell me no. You start to like you start to feel it in you. Like you start to feel okay, okay. And after time, it becomes habit. Like now I need to do this. Now when you see other people not working, you're like, okay, you're half assing your potential. And that that's unacceptable. See, for me, uh, I, I mindset is really important, but mindset is nothing without the work. And I honestly don't even think you can really even trust your mindset until you actually start doing the work because you could say i'm fucking great i'm the best i'm whatever while you're sitting like by yourself not doing anything or playing a but, video game whatever but when you get up off the couch and you get in and you start sweating you start doing work and then your actions start mapping towards that idea that you had that maybe i can believe in myself this way you really start to believe it when the actions and the thoughts and the words and all that stuff comes together but you start to realize the more you're around it the people who are saying i'm the greatest aren't the ones that really do the work <laughs> Yeah. Most people who are saying I'm the greatest aren't doing anything. People who are the greatest don't have to say it. They they are living they're living speaks, in a way yeah, that makes that real clear. The words. Like okay, they are really one of the greatest or the greatest well, of that. It's that thing like when the lion goes in the jungle, the lion doesn't start saying the lion's here. Yeah. The jungle fucking knows. The lion has <laughs> you know, the you know, we all know who the king is and exactly. and and it's funny, I'll throw it back to that one day when we went down for sparring and the TV crew was there and these guys have all their title fights and all this stuff. No one knew who you were, but they all knew who the baddest man in the room was. <laughs> and then that's when the phone started ringing 
and that's when things started happening and that's when a couple weeks later we got the opportunity to get that comeback fight which then went into the next fight which now is like okay you win this now you're going to be going to contender and you win this and then you're going to go to the UFC and it was like bang 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 yeah, everything lined up quick Perfect. Pop, 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 pop. from darkest day to like light just light. <laughs> a crazy inspired yeah. like Saturday morning to holy shit we're on track and you know we we've spoken about this many a time where we don't speak that much because you know again I don't want to say too much because I don't really know where you're at all the time and I don't want to put the wrong thought in your head so I kind of let you come to me and there was the one day where we're sitting there and you're like man I just I feel like I'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be right now and I was like holy shit like I feel the exact same <laughs> like, way. Exactly. How I'm I feel. like, oh my god, I'm in the same place you are right now. Ah. Like, I was like, and that, and the, the pressure, the the release for me as a coach, I was like, okay, okay, this is really good. Like, we're in a good space now. We're in a good space now because I didn't know if you were freaking out or you felt good. And then I was like, yeah. all right, if he feels good and I feel good, I think this is just going to be fucking good because it's rare that we get in like yeah. anybody does. Yeah. Anybody does. Only time we really get in sync is probably the pet mitts right before I go out. That's yeah. probably the only time we really sync yeah. up. That we don't even have to like speak yeah. on that. And, and the like, craziest shit on that, I can't tell you how many people are like, it's really weird watching you two work together. Like, do you remember when we were in France and, and the fucking promoter and the head of the whatever organization came up to me and they were like, you two like haven't said a word to each other, but you said so much. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, once we get rolling... Like we know what yeah, we got to do. Exactly. We've been there enough times. That's 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 comes from repetition. Repetition putting in so much work. We put in so many hours. It's crazy. Yo, in six years, I think I feel like we did a hundred years worth of work. Yeah, we've been putting in overtime, as in uh, my boy Corey yeah. says. We've been we've been through ups and downs, and that's yeah. how you get to know each other the best. Like the lowest lows and the highest highs. So, and I think as a as a coach and as an athlete, whatever, you really do have to have. You know, you have to have a relationship with somebody that knows you so that you both can keep each other on track and make sure that the career is going where it has to go. And exactly. I think that's where I think um, sometimes the big room mentality, like some people join like a team where you don't have so much of a focus. And Get I'm not shitting. I'm not uh, shitting on anybody. Teams all good and everything. It's not for everybody. But I'm you, old school. You lose, you lose focus like that because there's not there's not that much time to go around. You got to think, if you're in a big room and more than two guys have a fight, and yeah. then one head coach, Woody, like the only the person, the person who bring in the most money is going to get the time. Yeah, and I, and I think I'm a little bit old school in regards to training. I think that you do have to have kind of somebody that – because, hey, whenever you fight, you never remember it how it is. No. How do you think your training is going to be remembered the same way? You know what you feel. But you're not sitting there breaking down your stuff from the outside. And I think you have to have that trusted opinion from the outside yeah. that's going to say, okay, put this here, put that there. You're doing this. You're not doing that. And, and that's then, the person that's around you 24-7. Because yeah. you have a random guy come in for two weeks. Oh, what well, you need to do this and this. You're not going to trust him. There's subtleties to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, like you're not going to trust him because you don't know if he has something tweaked. He yeah. doesn't know if he has something tweaked or he was adjusting for some type of issue. So I've had people tell me stuff too, and I don't. I, I, I remember I had a fight and I and I I knew I was getting my ass kicked. <laughs> I knew it. Like I'm like I am getting my ass kicked right now and I went back to my corner and my corner person was like, Oh, you're doing great. I'm like, fuck you. 
I couldn't believe him. I was like, fuck you, you don't know me. You don't even... No, I'm not going to believe you. It made the fight that much worse. It was terrible. Yeah. But like, you have to have that person that you know you can trust what they're going to say. Or And even if they are not telling you necessarily the whole truth, they're telling you truth in a way that yeah. you can trust... Exactly. They're giving you what you need at this time. Like I guess, like we know for me mentally, we're straightforward. Yeah, I'm getting beat up. Yeah, tell I'm me, like, bro, you. you're getting beat the fuck up. Something needs to change. <laughs> so hey, this is how we do it. <laughs> we, we've had some very interesting conversations in the corner. Yes. Yeah. Because well, I, I don't pull punches when I got man, things to say. <laughs> stop being a bitch. Get your hands up and fight. Do you want to win and this you know, fight? I, realize, I really don't return anything. I just look at you and I just nod. It's yeah. Like, you're like, you fucking jerk. Yeah, I'm like, I can't like, believe you're doing this to me right. You know how I feel? <laughs> yeah, like, I feel like shit. I can't breathe. Everything yeah, but, hurts. But you know what, though? We definitely, like, I think what the thing that works is for us is that you know with me, I'm never going to accept anything less than what I know your potential is. And you have the drive to live up to that potential and then some. And that's where a lot of people fall short where I'm like, I can see it. But if they don't believe it, they're not going to go for it. Or they might even believe it, but they don't have the drive. The thing that makes you what you are is that you have the drive to live up to your potential. And it's not even like, fuck you, I need the world to see me. Like, you just have this, like, I need to do this. Like, hey, the Contender Series, you fought in a room with, like, a handful of people. And you fought just as hard as if you were in an arena in front of, you know, 50,000. It doesn't matter. You're going to do what you do. Exactly. It's a uh, self self belief, truthfully, and that only comes for proper preparation. Yeah. Cause I've I've known when I was gonna have a bad night in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I I've known like I don't care what anybody says. They know at the before they walk out like shit. I really didn't do what I was supposed to do for this kid. I'm gonna <laughs> fight my ass off, but this is going to suck. Yeah. And you come to terms with that. Sometimes you win that way. Sometimes you lose, but. Myself really comes from the extra hours. Like, I do a lot of stuff by myself. Yeah. I'm not the type that needs to run with six or seven people. I'm not the type who needs to the pat on the back. Hey, you need to do this, do this. I'm the person that you have to tell you need to chill out because <laughs> your body can only take but so much. Yeah, I, I find uh, you don't deal with praise well. No, I'm not. A, I'm not a praise person. I don't, I don't like it. It's not. Yeah. It's not me. You're not the champ yet. I'm not the champ, and even though that's not my personality. No. Oh. First of all, I'm a dickhead. So you're going to praise me and you're going to get a, a dickhead comment back. And then <laughs> it's going to be awkward because I'm still not going to change. And I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know. I guess the way I was raised, being praised isn't like thing. I just like I, like the fame isn't something I want. Money, yes. Yeah. Beating people up, yes. You want to be secure and comfortable. Yes. You want security. Exactly. You want to be comfortable. The fame is just... Fame just comes with the territory I'm in, but it's, it's not kinda, what I'm for. It's just like a fun side thing. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm famous. Hey, yeah, whatever. But that goes away. Yeah. Legacy and building for your family—that doesn't. That's something that that I look forward to. Like that's that's what I'm working for. My legacy, and my family. Yeah, it's not many people that get an opportunity to do something like this. And I mean, it's and the world's changing so fast. The amount of money that came available in this sport in such a short amount of time. I mean, you're, you're hitting like the sweet spot. I mean, there are a lot of guys that we know that are really good fighters that fought in the UFC and big leagues and whatever that are not really doing well financially now because during their time, the money just wasn't there. I mean, exactly. To have the opportunity now, and if you don't take advantage of that opportunity or just appreciate that opportunity, or, you know, or recognize the fact that it may not come again if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Like, of course you're going to go and do the extra work. To me, I'm like, of course. 
But there are guys we know that they don't take advantage of the opportunities, of people, man. I know a lot of people who don't do the extra work. I know a lot of people who do the bare minimums. Minim- yeah, you know, I said that wrong. But yeah, I got it right. You, y'all know what I meant. <laughs> but the bare minimums and uh, minimum, minimum. Uh, listen, <laughs> it's late. It's late. It's late. I got you. I yeah, got you. Bare minimum, and then get mad when the outcome isn't what they want. Like that's what happens. But they created that. Exactly. You gotta think that. Uh, Two people in the room, you're going to fight to death. The person most prepared to die is usually the one who wins. And the most, pre- yeah, I stole you, that from You stole you. that from me. I did. You it, just stole that from me. It sounded good, though. I said it, it like did. it was my it own. It did. It did. Yeah, but that comes from training, truthfully. Yeah. Like, when they're ready to die, they put the work in. They got beat up. They got tortured. They're, the muscles hurt. The mind beat up. But they're ready to die. There's nothing better than walking into that cage knowing that the guy you're going to face can't do anything that you haven't had done to you already. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, there's nothing new coming no, at you because like, you've been there. Exactly. You've done that. Been in, in the, the trenches. Gym. I'm in the trenches. I'm in the trenches more in, my, in the gym than I am doing the fight. And that's because... All your fights have ended in the yeah, first fucking round. But everybody I've <laughs> talked to, because me, I don't... Like, me, if you, like, meet me, I don't really talk about myself much at all no. like you have to literally like force it out of me because I'm not the self praise type you look it up and find out your own or you keep asking me questions how you get annoyed enough to add to answer you but everybody I talk to and engage with in the conversation said you look supernatural and you look like you knew what you was doing at all times and I'm like cause everything he did to me someone has done worse yeah like what he was doing in mostly all my fights I've been done worse too and uh, if you see me spar I'm not as aggressive as when I fight, I notice. I let a lot of things slide when I spar. Yeah. But when I fight, I don't let any of that shit go. No. Like, when you grab me and sparring, <laughs> I'll, like, move with you, and then you'll take me down, okay, da da We're going to move here. We're going to wait till the coach tells us to get up or the bell rings. Yeah. <laughs> In a fight, that's not happening because I know exactly what to do because I read situations and I adapt quickly, and that comes to getting punched on the face by top-level fighters in training. Well, you know that we are really fortunate because to have a training partner like Corey Anderson who, you know, he doesn't have overtime because he doesn't do the work, and then to have Rex. Rex. You know, T-Rex is just a monster. T-Rex, eat anything. And, and it's his birthday today. Yeah, so. I know. I said happy birthday. Yeah, I said happy birthday, too. Oh. Gotta show love for, <laughs> for You gotta show love for the team. Definitely. So, but to have, like, just those two individuals alone, which Literally, I've seen you guys hit each other harder than anybody, any of you have fought, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But, I mean, I don't I don't see too many people at your weight classes in particular. In the upper weights, you don't see too many people that are putting in the work that you guys put in with each other, and it really pays off. I mean, you guys are just really fortunate to have developed yeah, a relationship you that rarely, you have. You rarely run into somebody, let alone more than one person, people with your mindset. Yeah. I mean, we have people that come through, but we see them here and there. Yeah. These guys come literally every week. I mean, you guys are fighting to get more time with each other, not yeah. less. The crazy part about it is when the three of you fuckers are together, nobody wants to play. Yeah, not at all. Nobody no, they wants want to, to play. play. They want to play until they find out what kind of play this no, is. No, they thought they <laughs> wanted to play. And then they're like, wait a minute, you can have the sandbox. We'll come yeah, back exactly. when you go home. Yeah, but that's... I appreciate everything they do for me, truthfully, because without them, I definitely wouldn't be where I am right now. Because with Corey, he's got me ready for more than... Because Rex came a little later. He wasn't there the first two fights. He wasn't there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he wasn't there the first two fights. He came in after later, that. yeah. So without Corey, truthfully, I probably won't be where I am, man. 
Because without training partners, you can only do but so much. To find, I mean, again, with Corey, I mean, he's like three people in one because yeah. of the amount of work he does. Yeah, exactly. Strength, explosiveness, mindset. I, hours. Just time yeah, alone. Yeah. Just time alone to be yeah, able to have we've been in the game, like We've been in the game seriously for about the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, and we're making long strides. We're getting, we getting to places that people have been doing this for a lifetime aren't getting because they're not putting in the work. So, Corey didn't have the best outcome in his last fight. It but happens, though. It happens, but the thing that I that the point on that one is like you just said, like it's crazy. You guys have about the same amount of time in the sport. Corey's top ten two oh five gets gets dropped by a guy who's top ten two oh five and people are shitting on him. And I'm like, You're shitting on a guy who's learning on the job. Like that high kick he got caught with, like he's learning how to block that high yeah. kick while in the fight because exactly. he's learning on the job. Exactly. He doesn't have twenty years of kickboxing under his belt. Like he's a lifelong wrestler, okay, but MMA wrestling, he's only he's got five six years. Yeah. You know, boxing, he's got four or five years. Kickboxing, uh, About, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this this guy. Takes raw talent, desire, work raw ethic. Raw talent and hard and, work. And is building a career out of it. Exactly. So imagine that if you guys get some more time at this. I mean, you guys, it's sky's the limit. I got, we got potential 205 and 185 champs right here just from the work ethic alone. Exactly. And now seeing you guys pushing each other the way you are. I mean, he's helped your wrestling. You've helped his kickboxing. Like, just the, the back and forth on the relationship has been really good. So... Uh, we just have to throw in there these weird sounds you're hearing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> is we're doing this at the gym, so um, this is not a amazing soundproof. Yeah, area. this is not a soundproof studio. We we have uh, people doing things in the background, so yeah, yeah. You got to apologize for not the the best quality on this, but uh, the quality of the work you guys are doing though versus this podcast is a hell of a lot better. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's the work ethic, it's the belief. I mean, Corey, Jesus Christ, I've never seen anybody handle defeat like Corey does. And he's not emulating anybody. He legitimately takes a loss and is like, no, I'm good. I've only been doing this so long. I'm really fortunate to be here. I'm going back to training in a couple days, and I'm going to kill the next guy they put in front of me. I'm like, all right. That's literally what happens after every loss. He goes on a murder streak. Yeah, like he doesn't sit around and cry in his beer about, oh, poor me. I tell everybody who loses the same thing I tell myself. You got 24 hours to lick your wounds. 24 hours to lick your wounds, suck that shit up. Yep. And come back, learn from your mistake. Yeah. If you don't do that, then you weren't meant to be doing this in the first place. Not everybody's built for this. Not everybody. And they get exposed pretty quickly. Especially the higher you get in competition. Yeah. Yeah, once once you realize that in the beginning, all promoters care about is selling tickets. And if you sell a lot of tickets, you're not necessarily getting the best competition. But it's coming. Yeah, and when it gets to you, you'll it, know it could be a really you know. hard fall in front of a lot Seriously, of people. That's, that that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that one person to come make me fight, like put me in the like bring me to the trenches like I'm training. Because yeah. that's I like that's how you really know who you are. Like I know who I am, but I, I want to I want I want I want the competition to match hey, what I do. We went to Cape Fear the other night, and um, Ricky Bendejas, who. Fights for Nicotone MMA, which is one of the main places we go for sparring, and you know, I guess we're kissing cousins at this point as gyms. That was kind of crazy. Super I'm not awkward. Gonna, I'm not. I, I, I apologize Nick, very, for that type of comment. Yeah, I. But we're, you know, we 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 cross train a lot, and uh, we we all support each other. And Ricky's a really great guy, and he fought the other night, defended his belt, and I guess he had the flu going into the fight. Yeah. 
And man, did he have to gut that fight yeah, out? Yeah, but now he, like you can see it in his eyes. He knew he was capable of so much more now. You want to hear the craziest comment? You were there, I think. Did yeah, you, did he was you like, hear I when feel he sorry said, for, I, "I feel sorry I had to do that to the guy." He wouldn't have felt sorry <laughs> if he put you in the hospital. He goes, "Christmas is in like a week. I'm sorry that I, uh, I, I feel bad that I put a mark on his face." Yeah, I'm like, like, "What? Jesus Christ! He wouldn't have felt too bad if you were getting stitched <laughs> up right now." He'd be cashing the check down in the bar downstairs. Like, Seriously, stop it, man. Happy, so. He is just a nice dude. But the one thing he did say, he was like, shit, now I know I can go. Exactly. Second round, he was questioning if yeah. he can go. But he, again, good corner. He had Corey in his corner. and Nick in his corner. And they were like, hey, Ricky, this is what you got to do. Yeah. And they believed, which gave him the ability to keep believing. And then the more work he did, the more confidence he got. And then he got a freaking walk-off knockout. Exactly. Everything comes from pushing. Just push. And that's again, goes back to having that right team of people that you can trust is where, you know, when you don't believe in yourself, it does help to have the right people around you because they'll connect you back with the belief. Like, you know, we all get involved in stuff because we have an inspiration and then sometimes we get deep into it and we lose contact with that initial spark. But if you have good people around you, exactly. they're going to connect you with the spark. The bad motherfuckers are the ones that when you get hurt and you're down, that say, fuck your spark. Get out. You're yeah, done. Exactly. Those are the people who don't know who you are. Never. And that person someone that gave up on their own dream at some point exactly. and they want you to join the pity party exactly i've had that done to me and don't get this self-belief thing mixed up with not having any doubt i have i'm a <laughs> extremely self-belief person but my self-belief come from i can believe i can change anything as in i'm confident enough to know that if i'm scared of something happening in a fight I'm going to particularly work on that to make sure that that's never going to happen. So if I'm like, oh my gosh, my cardio might be a little iffy, guess what I'm working on? Cardio. Oh, my kick's not feeling right. I don't feel like I have the best kicks. Guess what I'm working on? Kicks. That becomes, that's what my self-belief is. Self-belief to change and adapt. Make better. That's what self-belief is. Most people get the misconception that self-belief is, oh, I'm the best. Oh, I don't have to worry about anything. No, that's not self-belief. Self-belief is... Oh, I'm confident enough in myself to know I'm able to change and better myself in any way I need to at the time. Well, it, it's not believing that. It's believing you can overcome. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, having the ability to overcome hurdles is what defines everybody that is a success. The people that fall short are the ones that, you know, when the obstacle comes, they stop. Because when things are good, you can do anything. Yeah. You can be happy while it's yeah. good. But the guy who's Seeing happy the because... the tunnel when it's bad. That's... Like, I smile at adversity. I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, I could really get some stuff done now. Yeah. Like, this is going to be fun. Yeah. This is when we get bloodied. Yeah, this is when we get dirty. That's what sparring Let's is. Go, that's man. That's what hard sparring is. Like, if you ever see me spar, they always see when Carl see You see Baby K on Carl's mouthpiece. <laughs> shit just got real. And I smile. Like, you see me, I get hit hard. I smile. Kind of, like, okay, I know I can take that punch. Now, let's see if we can take this one. Yeah, you just motivated me to come back yeah. at you. Now, you so. just motivated me to try to kill you. So, I, I, I did have a, a sparring partner a million years ago when I was young. A million and one. A million and one. Oh, yep. shit. Calm oh, dropping <laughs> stuff now. But I did. I I didn't understand. I didn't. I don't know. Like, there was just. I had a hurdle. I couldn't overcome things. Like, so when, when sparring got hard or a fight got hard, I got nervous. I wasn't looking for a way out, but I didn't necessarily believe that I could overcome it and win. So I just got into this weird sticking point. And I had a training partner who was like, hey, man, every time you get tired, laugh. 
every time someone hits you really hard, laugh. And I literally like trained myself to change my response from being like, oh shit, to laughing at it. And then I was making light of this hard thing, which then gave me the ability to get through it. And then I got through it a couple times. I didn't have to laugh anymore because now all of a sudden I was like, oh, that gave me the opportunity to go deeper. And then I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. Yeah, I'm good a, now. I'm good. Adapting to the situation. Now I can go. It's adapting to the situation. Changing and that, your mindset on the hardship to make it. And I was fortunate enough to have a teammate that, you know, passed on some sometimes stuff that helped. you can't figure it out. Don't be a dickhead and just like shut down. Open your fucking ears and listen. Yeah, man. You'll be surprised. Like you'll you'll catch something. Someone won't even mean to say something inspiring to you, and then you'll just catch it and it'll apply to you, and then that'll give you expert fire on your ass. How many times have you said something on the mat that you that you're just like you're throwing away a comment, yeah. and then like a month later, that weird dude yeah. will come up to you and be like, like Bro, "Hey, man, I'm do you remember a, yeah. when you said that? That changed my life." Exactly. Like, I'm not yeah, making fun of anybody. I know how to but... train harder, and I know how to push myself. Like, yeah. yeah, like that's. In the grind, yeah. we don't realize how inspiring the grind can be at times. Yeah, I get I get messages on Instagram, Facebook. People come up to talk to me, like kids from my from my area, from the hood. Uh, they come up to talk to me, like, bro, you doing it for the town? You making this? You giving us inspiration? And that's that's one of the things that touch touch the heart. Truthfully, having someone that you know that inspires them to do better, like I know I can do this now, and that that that's something that we work towards. That's what athletes and people who are doing most doing things that most people can't look forward to anybody that's chasing success in any realm i i find that if you're not looking to give like some kind of something back, back to the community around you you're just stealing and that gets exposed in time the selfish guy that's just doing stuff for themselves you know in this sport in particular, you depend upon people. You can't hold your own pads. You can't spar yourself. Exactly. And you can only hit the bag for so many rounds. And you can only do, you know, strength and conditioning by yourself so many times. Like, you need coaching. You need people. You need sparring partners. You need fans. Yeah. You need people that are going to buy the pay-per-views. Exactly. They're going to so buy the tickets. Pay your coaches. <laughs> going out to everybody who's not paying their coaches. You know who you are. I know who you are. Pay your coaches. <laughs> yeah, It's a respect I, thing. And I'm going to throw that out and... I'm not saying, you know, I agree with Carl 100% and I agree with it on many levels because the one thing that I hate, this one drives me fucking crazy. When I get the guy who's living on his mom's couch that goes out and parties every fucking Friday and then tells me he can't afford, you know, 150 to 200 a month for training, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, do you think the lights are on for free? Do you think, like, my wife is going to be okay with me coming home saying I'm not at home because I'm training you for free dumbass exactly and then over time if you are good at this where the fuck do you think your mind's gonna be when you haven't paid anyone ever and then you make it to the big show and now you're making more money and then you're gonna have to start writing checks you're not gonna be writing checks and nobody's gonna want to train you and you're just not gonna understand pretty much shooting yourself in the foot yeah that's unnecessary I, I if you can't afford training you're too dumb or lazy to actually get a benefit from the training. Your life is too fucked up. Like, as a coach, I, I'm in... That took, you, a, dark, that took but, a dark turn quickly. No, but seriously, though, <laughs> the first lesson I can give somebody is go figure out how to pay for fucking classes. That's lesson number one. Because you have to be able to do something right yeah. to make that you money. You got to be self-sufficient enough Thank to you. be able to go out and then do stuff. Because no one, like, everybody, you need money to do stuff. And if you want to strive to do, like, a be an athlete you need money for that and you need a job don't be an asshole 
using people and all that because people don't really people this this is a small community and people talk so yeah. it won't get around and I, I mean we I you heard me say it someone recently you can you have to decide do you want to be famous or you want to be a fighter you can be famous for fighting but you really have to decide which one do you want to be you have to be a fighter or be famous if you want to be famous don't fight go on youtube exactly. go on instagram like go climb buildings and take so selfies fame, fame, i don't if care you look for fame you want to be a fighter fame is a perk yeah and if that's what you like that's it's what not you the like. job but it's not your job not your job so you know you do have to take are you peeing oh no oh my gosh he's pissing right now he's a liar yeah this is bcaa's where'd you get that from New Jersey Nutrition, baby. Yeah, New Jersey Nutrition. See how I put care that out there? Good sponsorship. Yeah. Yes. NJN. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. They, <laughs> now you know it's funny. It's it, it all goes around. You take care of you take care of the people around you. It's the same goes. Scratch my back. I scratch yours. Yes, and that's why you just can't take any of it for granted. You can't think you're famous. You can't think because you fight, you're worth the investment. All that kind of shit. Because everybody's got to eat, man. Don't ever ask anyone to take food off. You know their table to help you eat. You you exactly. you got to have a mutually beneficial trade. So that's one of the ones that really chaps my ass with this I sport. Can tell. Yeah, Why but it does do so too. I mean, there's there there's a lot of people we see that we're like, what the fuck? Like, who is working with this guy? Like, you're nuts. But there's there's a lot of moochers out there. But you know the guys that are really successful do take care. Hey, I see people at championship level that are flipping coaches left and right, and yeah. you wonder why they can't handle a loss. It's like they can't handle training, let alone a loss. Seriously. So and most people don't get like if you keep changing changing coaches, it's like restarting. So you gotta relearn stuff. When you stay with a coach for a long time, you get comfortable enough to be able to adapt to situations and working because y'all know each other. You keep hopping coaches, that coach don't know you. But he's seen a couple of your fight videos. He don't know how you train, so you got to restart. He has to learn you. Every camp you switch person, you're going to just look stupid. And bringing people in that are specialists to help you get ready for a specific thing, that's one thing. Yeah, that's different. But your core team, they know you. They know what makes you tick. They know what makes you win. They know how to handle you know, rebuilding you when you lose. It's really important that you, you respect that and you don't. Blame them for your shortcomings, unless it really is their fault. There are times that people are tied into yeah. bad teams. We see that. I mean, there are guys that actually are holding back their careers because they're not with the best coaching staff. But if you're in a good situation, coaching you, staff, you, you got to recognize managing that. Managing staff, yeah. So we got to throw that out too. Um, we really do owe a lot of our yeah. opportunity here to sucker punch entertainment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Brian Hamper has really gone the extra mile to help us out. Definitely. He, he, he appreciate it all. He's becoming a family member. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know what? Again, he recognized the talent, and he really puts in the work, and we do everything we can, you know, to to represent. And you know, again, because we rec- we recognize the the benefits of uh, that trade there, and you know, if you want to get a manager, don't run into the trap of thinking. You know, you're some superstar and they owe yeah. you. You still have to go out. You still have to win your fights. You and still have to represent them. At a certain them. level, your friends shouldn't be your managers. Yeah. Your coaches Definitely. shouldn't be your managers because it's conflict of interest. Yeah, I mean, I recognize that. We got to a point where it was like I could only do so much for you. And honestly, yeah. it's so much easier to not have to Look make those fight. calls. Those yeah. are times that those minutes all come back to things we can do on the mat now. Exactly. Or recover from the shit you do to me when we're on the mat. He's a liar. No, Carl hits very hard. It sucks. He's a liar. So, 
Singing right. voice is amazing. Carl, no more singing. Once once you start singing, that means we're getting towards the end of this. <laughs> so uh, this is the hive. We're gonna keep the conversation going. Carl, uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at. Uh, do we have to look it up? We yes. can look it up. Look Jesus it up. Christ. All right, See. I'll throw it out there. If you want to follow me, I am Brian Wright 732 on Twitter, the same on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. If you want to get like my monster feed, Carl will tell you, I'm constantly posting. Yeah, constantly. And uh, let's see, mine is K underscore baby K Robinson on Instagram and on Twitter. My, hold on, I'm going to it now. I don't know why people think. They know this off the top of the head because I don't really talk to people at Carl Baby K on Twitter. Come check me out. Always posting, always helping. And if you want to get in contact with me, I answer. So Yep, and if you want to find us at the gym, it's killerbcsa.com. We are out of Killer B Combat Sports Academy in Oakhurst, New Jersey. So we're always looking to help people. You know, the thing we talk about fighting quite a bit, but fighting is, you know, what we do best. We can help you be your best to do anything you want. Pretty at your much. best level, basically, because if you find success in one thing, you got the formula for everything, and that's what we'll find out going forward. We got your striving conditioning coach coming in uh, soon, Keith. What's Keith's last name? You don't know. Carl's really bad. He lucky if you remember his own <laughs> daughter's name on a, but on a bad Keith, day. Uh, Keith from uh, Bulldog Strength and Conditioning. Bulldog and Barbell and Freehold. He's going to come on and he's going to talk to us about his business. He's got a huge stable of athletes that he's working with. And again, they're not going to him because he's free. They're going to him because he's the best guy in the area. You know, he's doing his thing really well. Um, Shout out to uh, New Jersey Nutrition, taking care of Carl. Also, meal plans to go. If you're looking, you know, if, if... If you're looking for an affordable meal company that's actually super healthy and uh, get you right with your weight and everything... That's definitely the way to go. Yeah, meal plans to go. The one thing about them is you can tell them what your goals are, and they will give you specific plans towards that. The food's affordable. It's healthy. It's good. Uh, they're, they're just really accessible and easy to work with. That's one of the things that's really important. Really important. So anybody else you want to throw a shout-out to while we're, while uh, we're doing the shout Shout-out to all the there? trainer partners that's helped me get where I'm going, all my teammates, even the uh, lower-level guys who aren't looking to fight to help me hold pads and uh, move around with me and uh, – Thank you to the family members that support me and F the ones that don't. <laughs> <laughs> so this is The Hive. You can find us at thehivepodcast.com. We're on uh, Google Play. We're on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. Yeah, I've been doing work, son. <laughs> <laughs> He's glanced so, over like, oh, grindy there. Yeah, check us out, and uh, we'll be back soon. All right, Carl, we out.